Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 721, recorded live on April 16th, 2022. And here are your hosts. The man who is most likely going to guess what my intro is, and is going to hate me for it, Dave Play. Hi. Do you want to take... Hand. Do you want? Do you want to take a guess? I, I did. Left hand. Nope. Damn. The man who has once again a new Mountain Dew flavor in front of him. Andy. Oh. Hi. I mean, it was that, or it was the I have a drink in my left hand and a drink in my right hand. Like yes. Okay. No, that is true. Yes, both of them are the running gags of the intro. Right. So I feel like I did pretty good. Yes. No. You you had your fifty fifty odds. Okay. So you have Mountain Dew. Yes. What flavor of Mountain Dew is this? This is the Flaming Hot Mountain Dew. Flaming I swear we talked about Mountain this Dew. at some point. We were going over the random Mountain Dew flavors. This was originally a Mountain Dew website only flavor, but I guess they actually released it. Okay. It sounds like it should be an April Fool's joke of Mountain Dew. Well, Andy, don't leave us waiting. What does it taste like? Can I quote Ralph Wiggum and just say it tastes like burning? No. No. Okay, so I smell smell like a like a lime. It smells citrusy. So I'm not I'm not smelling any heat. Can you smell heat? Wait a minute. Well, you know, like, you know, sometimes if you, you know, accidentally microwave something with jalapenos in it. You know, you can smell that chili. Can't, but, like, is that just the jalapeno smell? Or is that, like... I don't know if you can smell heat. Can you smell capsin? Capsaicin? Sure. I'm Possibly, presumably. I don't know if it has a scent. Can you smell bell peppers? No, I want to know if you can smell the actual heat. I, I can definitely smell when I uh, poured some... Uh, I've been getting these horseradish-flavored pickles. Mm-hmm. And when I pour, you know, the extra pickle juice into the drain, I can definitely smell the horseradish, that's for sure. Once again, though, when I was, you know, when it's Mountain Dew flaming hot, I expect heat, and I'm not getting any. Okay, so no heat. Nope, no heat. Even though it's flaming hot. Yes, even though it's flaming hot and it's got flames. Flames. Flames shooting. From the sides of my head. Yes, thank you. You got it, yep. Yep. So what does it taste like if it doesn't taste like heat? It tastes like a citrus Mountain Dew. Isn't Mountain Dew citrus? It's like it's like a Mountain Dew with a hint of lime. So not like Baja Blast sort of citrus. Gross. Okay. Yeah, no, this one... Here we go. Kate's going to try <laughs> it. <laughs> She's going back for a second sip. It tastes kind of like one of those little <laughs> dumb names. <laughs> Do you do you feel any heat though? Yeah, I know. It's like all it's like all the times that anytime any fast food you know claims that they're this is the spicy chicken or something. It's like no, it's not. I mean, no, not really. The only time I've had something that's been really spicy is when I accidentally a- asked for extra hot peppers at Potbelly's on my on my sub. I mean, there's different kinds of spice for that, right? Like yeah. especially with something like peppers. Yeah, no, nope. I am I am severely disappointed at you, Mountain Dew, on this one. <laughs> it's so normal Mountain Dew. Yeah. Since Mountain Dew itself is rather disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of walked into that one, but sure. Yeah. Well, shoot, add, add another one to that list of things that nope. The things that nope. Yep, just, you try it I, out and you're just like, nope, that's... You are such a wordsmith, Andy. Like, such an absolute... You should you should have a podcast, sir. Oh wait, you do such good with words. Andy do words good. I am so smart. I am so smart. S M R T. Okay, so that's two Simpsons references. Yep. Plus one clue reference. <laughs> I feel like my whole life is just movie and, and uh, TV, just just references and quotes. So totally unoriginal. Y- yes. You're yes, saying I that am. you have no originality whatsoever. Well, I feel like I'm a I'm like a DJ. I'm remixing. Ah, uh, sure. I'm I'm taking the old and I'm finding ways to use it in the future. But like, 
you're not adding anything to them. You're not using them in new and exciting ways. I'm using them in new and exciting situations. Are you? You sure about that? Wow, Dave, you're just, you're cutting deep. Yeah. So, um, am I, am, do I, do I say happy Passover? Or? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine. Okay. It, it's a celebration, right? Yes. They didn't kill us, let's feast. And, you know, I don't think it's really like, uh, Mary seems too. It, it is not Mary. No. You would not say Merry Passover. No, but. Happy, happy Passover is happy just Happy Passover, fine. okay. Happy Easter. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be... I think we're going to try and hide some eggs tonight, but that's going to be it. That probably depends on, like, how late this goes. Yeah. Even then, you know, I... There was... The the Kalamazoo had their big Easter egg hunt today, and I'm like, Isaac, do you want to oh, go? And he's just like, no. no that's I right. You go. guys have that, like, massive Easter egg hunt in the park. Yeah, I had a whole whole day planned with Isaac, and he just was like, nope. <laughs> don't want to. Yep. You're like, but, but... Don't you want to go get eggs and look for them? Don't you want to go out and do things? No. I mean, no. Why would you want to go out and do things? I well, the weather stay also, in and do yeah, things. Weather was also, you know, 38 degrees is not really helping my cause. No, that is that is very cold. Got up to 42, though. Woo! Warmer <laughs> yep. than it was here. We have a, a low tonight of, like, 30. 27 tonight, 32 tomorrow. And then, of course, as soon as the work week shows up, then it's just rain. Yeah. <clears throat> Ugh. So, yeah, no, we're probably not going to be doing much for Easter. Okay. You got to do anything for Passover? Uh, I don't know anybody over here who's Jewish. Oh, no. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Came from moving away. I don't even know. Is there any... There's got to be some sort of... Kalamazoo Jewish Society, right? Yeah, look for the Chabad House. C H A B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, Chabad House yeah. of Kalamazoo. Oh, it's right off of. It's over by K. Okay, K in Kalamazoo is short for Kalamazoo College. It's not just K College. It's just K. Yes, people just you know, if, if you're in Kalamazoo and you talk about somebody, you know, they're a K alum. Just you just assume that it, they're talking about Kalamazoo College. So okay. I didn't even know this place existed. Yeah, they're all over the place. They're where you can go if you're like, want to be a part of, of Jewish culture. You could order your Seder in a box. Yep, they will provide for you. Huh. I don't think Isaac would have uh, understood what's going on with that. <laughs> no, probably not. But, I mean, that's kind of why you do it, right? To, like, yeah. introduce them and expose them. He He still doesn't even understand what Thanksgiving is, so it's... yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it was Christmas. It was like, okay, I, I get the, I understand the presents part, but then I have to sit here and want to, you know, not eat food. I don't get what's going on. It's like this, the dinner aspect of it, I don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, Seder is literally a, t a dinner. A dinner that you do not get to eat. Yeah. Until later. Yeah, so I have a feeling that would also not be go over well. I read somewhere, though, when I was looking up... um Passover stuff earlier this week. Uh, Obama was the first one to actually hold a, hold a Seder dinner at the White House, mm -hmm. which included hiding the uh, Afikoman. Afikoman. Yeah. That's hilarious. So now I'm just like picturing <laughs> like through the people in the White House just going like, where the hell is it? <laughs> is it maybe it's in like the, the Roosevelt room <laughs> or the map room or... Uh, something tells me they didn't hide it in the West Wing. No, probably not. I, I imagine it was hidden in the residence somewhere. <sighs> oh, excuse me. So, what should we talk about, Andy? A lot of things happened this week? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've still been mostly out of it, although I did catch all of this, like, Elon Musk <laughs> wants to buy Twitter. Yes, he did that while he was actually doing a TED Talk. What? Yes, Elon what Musk was, the was TED at, talk about market manipulation. I I don't know. I have to. He was he, all this all the stuff, you know, came out of him at a Q and A at uh, TED. Was it TED twenty twenty two? Is that what they called it now? I presume so. Yes, he got interviewed by Chris Anderson at the TED conference. So this is where all this news came out of. Was you know somebody sat Elon down and asked him questions. 
and in the process, he said, yep, yeah, he uh, said he wanted to acquire Twitter for $43 billion. Then he put out a public statement, an open letter to Twitter's executives Mm -hmm. saying, I'd like to buy Twitter. I think it should be private. And then uh, Twitter's apparently they weren't they weren't pleased with that though. No, they were not pleased with. It. They actually enacted what they're calling a poison pill. A poison pill. Now I I know of poison pills, and I know the idea behind a poison pill is to make it so that like they don't want the thing they're trying to get. So what is what is the poison pill from the Twitter team? Uh, the rights plan is what they're calling it will reduce the likelihood that any entity person or groups gain control of Twitter through open market accumulation without paying all shareholders an appropriate control premium or without providing the board sufficient time to make informed judgments and take actions that are in the best interests of shareholders. So what's the poison about a poison pill? Because it usually like to me, a poison pill would kind of work both ways that like, the, the scorched earth idea, right? Like, we're going to mm-hmm. burn everything behind us so that when you get it, you're screwed. Okay, so if any person or group acquires beneficial ownership of 15% or more of Twitter's stock yep. in a transaction not approved by the board. Okay. Um, okay, the... the, the the rights becomes exercisable due to triggering ownership threshold being crossed. Uh, each right will entitle its holder, other than the person who triggered the rights plan, to purchase at the then-current exercise price additional shares of common stock having a then-current market value of twice the exercise price of the right. Okay, so as soon as somebody English. hits 15% ownership, yeah, that triggers the thing there where everybody else can buy stock except for the person who triggered it. To reduce the percent re- ownership. Yeah, reduce the ownership. So it would issue more stock? I think so. And everyone else would have the opportunity to buy it? Yes. So it would, I mean, I, I don't know that there'd be anything that would stop like me from buying it and then immediately turning around and selling mine to Elon Musk. I'm not an SEC. <laughs> You're like, I'm not a lawyer. Correct. Neither of us are lawyers. Or accountants. Or accountants. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, if you if you got the money, not much is going to be able to actually stop you from buying the thing you want to buy. And so if Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter, I don't know that they're going to be able to actually stop him. Well, that was the, the plan was either that the... Um they would they would they would dilute the stock by yeah. issuing new ones right and i think they would also uh basically put into there that they uh are required to have a certain amount of time to uh basically make a judgment okay so i think they're going to st- i think that they, they increase the stock and then they also mm-hmm. slow play i think those are the two aspects of this poison pill that they've got if I'm okay. reading this press release correctly. I don't know. But it also, I also love they say, yeah, oh, yeah, if the board thinks it's in the best interest of Twitter, then yeah, go, we can go right ahead. I mean, I do, I'm going to guess it, it would be indeed in the best interest of Twitter as a company to go private. Yes. I think it was weird that Twitter is a publicly owned company in the first place. I love the SEC filing notes state that even though he could technically, um, well, he says that he wants to buy Twitter shares in cash. The filing states that the deal is contingent on completion of anticipated financing, most likely, which means he's just going to borrow against his Tesla or SpaceX shares to finance the deal. Because why why use your own money if you can just borrow against your money and use that money? Yeah. <sighs> if Elon Musk gets Twitter... How soon before Donald Trump has a Twitter account again? I mean, I'm pretty sure Musk hates Trump, so never? Okay. Is that what you're worried about? Well, I'm worried. I don't know. It's it's both a blessing and a curse to have private ownership. I mean, I don't think kicking Donald Trump off Twitter is any different given that it's a public company versus a private company. Yes, but you got the shareholders to deal with. If it's a private company, you're not beholden to the shareholders, Mm -hmm. which could be a blessing and a curse. It depends on who's in charge. So yeah, so Elon says he wants to buy Twitter. Twitter says, no, you don't. And so far, nothing has changed. Yeah. Other than, I'm sure, Twitter's stock price. 
Oh yeah, what what's been going on with that? Uh, on Friday over the weekend, from Friday April first to Monday April fourth, there was a very large jump. I believe that is when Elon first made his purchase, and it has been coming down since then. Dude just has too much money. <clears throat> um, sorry, I'm just trying to understand all this Wall Street stuff, and it's oh no 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 no, Andy, yeah. come on. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna figure it out while we're sitting here waiting on on the recording. No, no, we're not. I would not suggest trying it. Ooh, excuse me. Well, should we talk about some space stuff or what? Sure. I mean, we're on the topic of Mr. Musk. Why yes. not pivot to space? Oh, did you see that the final component of the James Webb has been cooled to its operating temperature? No. No, I did not. I thought they were still dealing with the stuff there, but... Seven degrees Kelvin. Seven degrees Kelvin? It is seven degrees Kelvin. How the heck did we get something that cold? <laughs> well, it's a really good heat shield. That's that's the start. But then yeah, yeah. actually, it, it still needs an active cooling system to get down to seven degrees. Uh... How? I don't know. I I do not know the science behind it. I'm not sure how they managed to do it, but the, like, MIRI or something like that. Yeah, the Miri Bench. Yeah. Should be down to 7 degrees Kelvin. Ooh, 6 degrees Kelvin, according to Where's Web. An electrically powered cryo cooler. Yeah. Not sure what that means. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm okay, so passive, when, passive when they turned it on. Yeah, passive cooling can get you down to 37 Kelvin just by having that sun shield. But trying yeah. to go from 37 down to less than seven is a cryo cooler. Okay, what is takes, this? Takes some extra effort. But you can see on the graph, like the moment they turned on the cryo cooler, it drops the temperature. It went from 100 Kelvin to six Kelvin. Not instantly. No. But like there was a pretty significant shift. That is so cold. The cryo cooler is basically a sophisticated refrigerator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's so helpful. Yes. Helium gas is the refrigerant, heat exchanger, high efficiency pump. Oh, because so, so part of it's on the hot side, other part mm. of it's on the cold side. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm looking at this. This, this is a refrigerator. Just one hell of a refrigerator. A very, very powerful refrigerator. Yeah. So they're using yeah, they're cooling the helium gas down to six Kelvin G's. Care yeah. of the Joule Thompson effect. <laughs> how it's it's how this stuff works. Yeah. I love the um I'm looking at their web in three D, which is the live model of the entire solar system and all the things in the solar system and where they are right now. Uh and Webb's target. There's a, a primary target for any of the like orbiters or observatories, like what is it looking at? Webb's target is the universe. Well, this is a pretty robust data set, though. It's got the ISS on here. Everything to scale. Okay, so in my head, I'm thinking of, once again, the Simpsons line of, in this house, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. I'm yeah, sitting here literally reference reading. number three, but okay. Um, what about? I use that at work because we have an entirely digital audio system in our Kalamazoo building outside of mm-hmm. a couple of analog things. But for some of the stations, it literally is, it's a wave file, so digital audio that yeah. gets sent out via mm-hmm. live wire, which is audio over IP through a multicast system to, you know, from one side to the other, which is the STL out to the actual transmitter. And I was down in cold water working on something, and 
one of the guys in Kalamazoo was like, hey, can you listen to the station? Because I think we're getting interference from somebody. I'm like, okay. So I'm listening to it on my way back. And during the, you know, the quiet parts, I can actually hear another station playing in the background. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going like, okay, somebody, you know, somebody might be, have something miscalibrated or something. Because yeah, there's definitely somebody on our signal. So I drive all the way back to Kalamazoo and I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't hear what the other station is. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll just turn off our signal and then I'll set up our archiver to basically record the on-air signal and then I can hopefully catch, you know, close enough to who's, what's going on. Or get like a station identification. Yeah, yeah. something, or... anything. Okay. I get there and I pull up the archiver because um, I heard something. I pull it up there and I'm listening and I'm like, wait a second. I'm not listening to the over-the-air archiver. I'm listening to the in-the-building archiver. And there's... There's I, audio there. Different, different antennas. Well, no, because one is literally inside the building. I have a I have a digital audio recorder set up to oh. monitor all the audio in the di- the audio over IP digital. Okay. And then I have the other one recording the actual radio signal, so I can right. you know there are times where um, advertisers so want to hear their yeah. spot, all and right. I don't want to I don't want to give them the crappy over the air signal. So I literally be like, okay, here is literally here's, here's what went out on the. The broadcast, yeah. the internet broadcast. Okay, so yeah. but the over the air signal is what you care about in this case. So but I found out did that you figure it I, out. I was hearing something, and it was yeah. somehow inside the building. It's coming from inside the building. Yes, the call is coming from inside the house. Did you really just do a scream call out? Yes. Okay, so the um, the internet signal, or rather the the broadcast signal, was coming from inside the building. So you were broadcasting over your own broadcast. Yes. Somehow, though, literally, this is all audio over IP. So this is just TCP and you, you, you know, um, R- RTSP yep. or RTP. Anyway, it's it's literally like I'm sitting there going like this should not be possible. These things do not mix. There is no place in our audio system where these two signals even get close to each other, and yet somehow they're on top of each. And okay. And people are like, well, how is that possible? I'm like, I literally don't know. This is somehow disobeying the laws of physics. Right. And I even, you know, I call up the manufacturer and they're like, well, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) You're like, yes, I know it's weird. Fix it. They're like, are you sure it's like not some sort of RF interference? I'm like, there's nothing, there's no RF to interfere Right. This is all literally just ones and zeros going across Ethernet. It, it. I mean, that's still there. Actually, still can be RF interference in that. Whatever is reading the RF signal, whatever microprocessor is on the other end, can have interference. Yes, if I'm sitting here next to my 10 kilowatt AM transmitter, maybe. Yeah. But inside a building that's just full of just regular desktop computers, nothing's I mean, going to be. I don't know. Yeah. So did you figure it out? Uh, yes and no. There's just a mystery signal. I was, well, I was trying to isolate it, so I, I was setting up uh, archive recordings on every single step. So okay. every time that signal moved from one box to the other, I was setting up a recorder for it to try and literally isolate where in this chain the problem was happening. And somehow when I was setting all that stuff up, I must have reapplied a config or something, and it went away. Oh, no. The worst possible solution. The one where you accidentally touch something and it goes away and you're like, well, shoot, what did I just touch? Like, I have no idea what the problem was in the first place, so I can't do a root cause analysis and figure it out. Yep. And I, yeah, I even tell the manufacturer, I'm like, well, it's, it's somehow fixed itself. <laughs> they're like, huh, that's weird. Okay. Well, let us know if that happens again. And I'm just like, you guys are <laughs> no help. Well, what help do you want them to be, Andy? You literally said yourself that it is an impossible problem. I don't know. Somehow, just, you know. How did we get on this topic? Uh, thermodynamics, we because the I was I kept on telling everybody that in this house we need to obey the laws of thermodynamics. Right. There's enough Simpsons fan people. But, like, but how did that... Was that just because we were talking about it getting very cold? Yes, and I'm literally staring at thermodynamic coefficients and things here. Okay, but like it is obeying the laws of thermodynamics. Yes. Which, they're not really laws anyway. It's more series of guidelines. They're really just guidelines. It really is the, the guidelines of thermodynamics. Right, okay, so James Webb's is good. Uh, yeah. Guess who is not is good? There? Getting very cold. Uh, SLS. Yes. 
<laughs> I shouldn't take such pleasure in it, but like NASA made mistakes with SLS, and they continue to make mistakes with SLS, and I'm just amused that they made such mistakes, and in like good money after bad. That's what, that's what they're doing with the SLS. Yes, it's one of those things where it's just we need to just get it over with. And so we be, can move on to something so, else? Yes, just get it over with, do its thing. Can we just, just scrap it? Like, Yes, that probably would actually be the best thing to do right now. But there'd be so much wasted money. I know. It, like you said, good money after bad. Yep. So it was supposed to be a two-day test, right? Okay. Wet, wet dress rehearsal. So they were, all so they were doing was space. filled, all the yep. fuel is there. Yes. So the first time it failed, they scrubbed it, and they came back and tried to do it a second time. That one also failed due to, if I remember reading this correctly, uh, the first one stopped before they could actually load the propellant. The second one, the next day, also filled the liquid and oxygen tank to about 50%, but stopped before the liquid hydrogen loading could begin because there was a misconfigured valve. And so after the second attempt... They discovered the misconfigured valve and said, you know what, we can actually, let's just modify the dress rehearsal that doesn't involve that valve. So there he said, you know what, we're not, that one's valve's broken, we understand it's broken, we'll just, we'll do this other stuff here and not worry about that part of it. Well, the third one also failed. They tried to do a slow fill, and when mm-hmm. they tried to go from a slow fill to a fast fill, mm-hmm. they were having... Um, did it spring a leak? Yes, yes it did. Of course it did. And it was leaking, which, the oxygen or the hydrogen? Uh, at this point, the core stage liquid oxygen tank was 49% full. Liquid hydrogen tank was only 5% full. But we don't know which one was, was actually well, leaking. They, they were trying to do both at the right. same time. But were they both leaking, or was just one of them leaking? Uh, da, da, da. Uh, looks like the liquid hydrogen fill was where the problem was caused. So the hydrogen was probably leaking. Yes, and that's when they scrubbed the third try at their wet dress rehearsal. I mean, good, because like, that's the point of the dress rehearsal, is to like test it, and if it doesn't work, then to stop it, so that you know that you can, and you know where the issues are. But also, why are there so many issues? This was just supposed to be a 48-hour wet dress rehearsal. They put it out on the pad, do their dress rehearsal, wheel it back in. And it has gone on for how many days now? The first test was on April 3rd. So we are now 13, we're two weeks into this dress rehearsal. Yes, we're two weeks into this dress rehearsal, and they still have not Successfully loaded and unloaded the ship. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah, it's it, it's it's both tragic and comedic at the same time, and I swear there's a word for that. It's like like tra- tragic tra- tragic comical, I think is the word. What? Yeah. I mean, Schadenfreude is is the word. Tragic comedy. Tra- yeah, tragic comedy. It's in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Okay, and it says a drama or situation blending tragic and comic elements. Okay. There's your there's your word of the day right there. Tragic comedy is that actually one word and not two words? That is it is one word. Tragic comedy. Yep. Only one C, I presume. Yes. Okay. First known use was 1580. <clears throat> so yeah, SLS is just yeah. Oh, uh, yep. there is a Starliner update too. Ooh. And they are going, going to on? Starliner is no Boeing. Yes. Boeing Starliner. Yes, Boeing's uh, attempt at doing a crew launch vehicle, or basically just a dragon. Right. Um, so we know that the uh, un- unmanned orbital test flight failed way mm-hmm. back when. They are finally going to try their second attempt at the orbital test flight on May 19th. All right. Unmanned? Unmanned, yes. They didn't even... Okay. They, they, it was the unmanned one failed, and so that's when so NASA they, they went to, to Boeing and unmanned. said, you guys need to... Figure this shit out. Yes. Which, like, this is Boeing. They know how to do this stuff. I would say it's not rocket science, but it is. But, like, they 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 have experience in this. It's just one of those things. It's just like, they asleep at the wheel, I think? Or they've forgotten possible so yes the the last part of the uh, atlas 5 rocket is getting shipped to cape canaveral right now so everything is basically go for the unmanned flight on may 19th 
So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right. And that is our space update. Space update. What about more terrestrial things? What do we have down here on planet Earth? Well, the for the first time, wind power eclipsed both coal and nuclear in the U.S. There's a missed opportunity for a pun. If you're saying wind power eclipsed something, why not say it eclipsed solar power? Well, it didn't eclipse solar power. Oh, well, maybe it did. Let me, hold on. I mean, me if it eclipsed, like, coal, coal and, and nuclear, I have a feeling it also eclipsed solar power. Yes, because all the sources was 14% and wind was 19%. Now, just to, to, to put uh, the asterisk on here, wind was 19%, nuclear was also 19%, and coal was 17%, so not the two of them combined. Okay. But... Wind was 19% of the electricity generation. That's good. That's very good. Huzzah! So yes, yeah, yeah, we also, yes, did eclipse solar power as well. Yeah, good for us. Now let's get those numbers up. The coal number can go down, the natural gas number can go down. Let's get nuclear up for the meantime while we finish getting the infrastructure for solar and wind. Well, looking at this uh, gigawatts of generating capacity and generation, mm-hmm. since 1990, uh, mm-hmm. wind is increasing steadily since the uh, mid-2000s. Solar has mm-hmm. been increasing steadily since 2010s. Uh, nuclear and hydro are both flatlined. Well, we haven't built any new nuclear power. Nope. Uh, coal has been dropping since the uh, 2010s. The problem is natural gas has just been skyrocketing since the oh, 1990s. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so there is that. But still, yes, wind power is coming, 20% almost. Coming up. Yep. <sighs> That's a lot of kilowatts. Yeah. <laughs> that is so many kilowatts. I mean, I, I was looking actually just today at my um, my solar production for my house and I mean, today was pretty. Today was actually a really good day. It was nice and sunny. Mm-hmm. So I got thirty cool. kilowatt hours. What was that? And and cool. Solar panels yes. work better when it's colder. Well, then today was a fantastic day for it because it was cold and sunny, and there was sun for most of the day. Yep. Let's see. Yeah, actually, wow. Peak production was five kilowatt hours or five kilowatts. I don't think I've ever reached that before. So yeah, you're you're right. Cold weather, man. Yep, nope, I didn't. One of the guys, when I was taking my electronics courses at KVCC, Kalamazoo Valley Community College, uh, he worked for a company that did solar panel installs. Mm-hmm. And so he, he knew photovoltaic cells forwards and backwards. So when, yeah. we, when we hit that chapter, he's like, all right, let me... <laughs> let not me school ab- you. Yeah. Let me, let me just take a moment and educate you on... How this works. Let's, you know, let's just, he, this chapter is about this, but we're not actually going to look at the chapter because I'm just going to tell you everything. I'm going to lay down some tracks and let you pick them up. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got on here. Oh, there have been uh, some numbers on Windows 11 adoption compared to Windows 10 adoption. I'm going to guess way lower. Uh, about half. Yeah. This was done during the uh, Steam hardware and software survey data. Okay, so it's a little biased. Yes, but still it should be biased towards people who are more tech savvy, right? Ah, I wouldn't go quite that far, no. It's biased towards gamers. Yes. Let's let's leave it at that. Okay. Leave skill level and knowledge level out of it. It's biased towards people who play games. So yeah, the... St- Steam users are migrating to Windows 11 at half the speed that they that migrated they... to Windows 10. Yes. Well, okay. So let's let's think of a few things and come up with some more explanations. First off, the people who were upgrading to Windows 10 were coming from what? Windows 7 and Windows 8. And how well was Windows 8 received? Oh, like a like a brick. So which a it lot might of those do to people, your computer, right? Like. The the upgrade to 10 was a, thank God it's about time. Because either you had Windows 8 and you wanted to be out of Windows 8, or you were still on Windows 7 because Windows 8 was so bad. Yeah, I think that was a lot of the... That was at work. We were on Windows 7 boxes. Yep. 
because Windows 8 was so bad. Yep. That we said, yep, we're just going to sit on 7. So when 10 came out, there was a rush to upgrade to 10. Yes. Now, 11 came out, and people aren't thrilled with it. It didn't do anything super innovative. So 11 is going to act more like 8. Well, the other thing is also that problem, and my question is, you know, I took the can my computer run Windows 11 mm-hmm. test. And it can't. It can't. I don't have a supported CPU. Yep. I I don't have a supported motherboard. I'm missing the, like, security whatever validation thing. I'm also going to guess that a higher percentage of gamers have that issue as well. Yeah, probably. Because they're going to be people who are more likely to build their own PCs. I still haven't actually seen a Windows 11 box yet. I think uh, the guys at corporate are tinkering around with them. Mm-hmm. But I still haven't actually seen the Windows 11 OS yet. Yep, neither have I. I've seen screenshots of it, but I haven't seen a physical computer running it yet. At least not to my knowledge. No, it's it's like, it's going to be low. Yep. The, the adoption rate is going to be low. Eventually it'll get back up there. And then maybe when Windows 12 comes out, we're going to get the same thing we did when we got Windows 10 coming out, where there's a huge rush to get to it. Now I'm kind of curious, you know, I, this laptop here has been having problems. So it's like, I need to get a new laptop. But now the question becomes, okay, which laptop do I get? Do we yeah. even get a laptop anymore? Or do you get like a tablet? Well, no, because I originally got a laptop so I could, you know, I could take this with me. Mm-hmm. But most of the time now, I, t- I take the work laptop with me just because, you know, that's got all my software, my VPNs and everything already set up on it. So it's like if I need anything portable, I take the work there. laptop. So this, this laptop here has not moved in years. I mean, my next laptop is going to be a Steam Deck. So <laughs> what? I don't know what's so funny about that. No, I I can it run regular applications? You can install Windows. So it comes with its own Steam OS, but you can install Windows on it. But like for me at this point, I'm probably just going to what do I use my laptop for? I use it to play games. Why would I need to install anything else? And even if I do need to install other things, it's a Linux box. You can install most other things. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, my my next laptop is a Steam Deck. We'll probably still have a better battery than my work laptop anyway. Yeah, I got to replace the battery on my work laptop. I've got the battery. I just have to, it's a quote-unquote non-replaceable battery. Mm-hmm. So I have to literally tear the, the whole laptop apart. Non-replaceable meaning you have to, like, take apart, yeah, you have to take off the back and unscrew a bunch of stuff to get to the yeah, battery. Yeah, I have to, to take off the it. back and uh, unscrew the hard drive and a couple other things in order to get to the battery because the battery is like under the one of the boards there. It's just, oh, you know, I'll probably do that on Monday or Tuesday next week. One of those things yeah. where it's like, I don't want to go outside because it's raining. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do, do you have a rainy day list? Like a literal rainy day list? Yes. Yes, I do. You're like, I don't want to go outside. Here's a bunch of other stuff I need to do. Yes. No, there's there's just there's so many things that I can do at work that doesn't involve going outside. I'm also in the process of designing a new uh GUI for master control using this uh this software that we have. Please tell me it's called Tron. Please tell me it's called Tron. No, uh Pathfinder. Damn. Cuz Tron was the MCP. Yeah, I know. Master control program. No, this this one is the Pathfinder's a software, and you can you can put buttons, and you know it can it can monitor because it's a it's an entirely digital audio network. So I can't really like before you know you could actually trace that wire goes. Okay, so the wire goes from here to here, and you could actually trace the wire. Yeah. But now that everything's digital, it's like I can't I can't sample anything anywhere. I'm getting some very strong good old days vibes off of you, Andy. No, no, those were bad days. <laughs> the past could, was very bad. When you could tra- like actually track the signal? That was bad? Yes, because there were more places for the signal to go wrong. Plus that wire ah. only went from A to B. Instead of A to wherever the hell I want it to go because yes. of all digital signals. Yes. I could take, I could take a, I, I literally have a 16 fader board. Before the 16 faders were literally punching things down with a 66 block, which is a precursor to 110 blocks if anybody is, you know, physical hardware wise. Um, that's what she said. 
I don't I don't know where in that the double entendre was. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Just go <laughs> on. It was there. Just go on. Okay. So those 16 faders were punched down to whatever they were supposed to be, and they stayed that way. Okay. Right? You were basically hard... You were literally hardwired. The software ones, I literally sat one of the DJs down, and I'm like, okay, what do you need on this board, and where do you want it? And he, he literally flipped the order from what it previously was, so he had most of the important stuff on the right rather than on the left, and he had, you know, he said all the stuff there, and he's like... So what do I need to do? And I'm like, literally nothing. I hit a, we set it up there and I hit a save button and it literally saved that profile. And then the other DJ came in and he's like, well, this is different. I'm like, okay, all you have to do is literally hit this button and it flipped everything back to the way it was. Neat. You can't do that the old way. I'm sure there was all way you could do it. With a lot of mechanical switches, probably. Probably. Or duplicate parts. If you had two boards and you had one with the fader and one without, you could just swap between them. And if you split all the inputs to the two boards so that the boards got identical inputs. And it would look like it came from a mad scientist's laboratory at that point. Yes. Well, ideally, you'd probably have most of that, like, behind a wall. Okay, and then you would look behind the wall and it would look like it came from a mad scientist's laboratory. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, you didn't ask if it was going to be easy, <laughs> just if it was doable. Well, yes, anything is doable. Well, there you go. It's just a lot easier when it's digital. Yes, where it's like, okay, beep, 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 I'm done. Mm-hmm. None of this, you know, measuring out wire, punching it all down, trimming it up, and all that. Nope, it's just one Ethernet mm-hmm. jack into the board, yep, yep. and we're done. Yeah. Well, is there anything on here? Oh, uh, one thing we should point out is uh, if you're listening to this, update your Chrome. Again. Again. This Again. Is, this is now the... Third zero-day fix released by Google this year for Chrome. This is not a drill. Update Chrome. Yes, make make sure... Whatever you're doing right now, if you have Chrome, even on your phone, or you have Edge, or you have Chromium... Okay, but if I do that, Andy, it's going to kill the podcast. Yes, I know, yes. Stop the podcast, write down what time it is, update your Chrome, and then you can come back. Okay, but like, I can't do that because I, we're recording. Yes, I know. I literally have a, the about Chrome page open or the, okay. yeah, I have the about page Chrome and it's like, Hey, relaunch Chrome to finish updating. So as soon as we're done and as soon as I'm downloaded, then I'm going to, you know, you're going to relaunch Chrome. Relaunch what, Chrome. what version of Chrome do I need to be on? Uh, Chrome, Chrome should be 100.0.4896 or later. Okay. Then I am safe, uh, I think. Edge is 100.0.1185.44. Basically, it should have be listed as an update of uh, April 14th or 15th. Okay. Yeah, I'm currently on 4896.88, and this one is 4896.127 is the one I need to be on. So I'm close. Yeah. So there's some sort of exploit. Yes. It's a... What did they call it? Type confusion? What? I don't know. It's a type ah. confusion in the JavaScript engine. Yeah. I linked I linked a thing there that can try and explain it to you. I tried reading it. I still don't know what's going on. I just know update your Chrome. So okay. there you go. That That's update the one thing Chrome. I wanted to make sure we hit before, <laughs> before you know, we, we yep. moved on to the randoms. I don't think there's any... The rest of it's... Excuse me, video game news, which is stuff that we're usually like pretty into, uh, but nothing, nothing really catching me this week. I know there's a lot of stuff with Lego that they are allowing other studios to do their their Lego games now. Now that they found out that T2 had problems, mm-hmm. uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is in theaters. It's not great, but it's the highest grossing video game movie yet. For, for opening weekend. Yep. I assume that's in the U.S., though, because, like, Warcraft was pretty friggin' popular in China. Yes, this is domestic box office, not... Okay. Also, a- it managed to come out against one of, like, the worst superhero movies of all time. Part of me wants to go watch it, but I don't want to pay money. <laughs> to see Morbius or something? Yeah. Morbius. Oh. They're like, I hear it's so bad, and I want to see the train wreck. I just don't want to pay for it. Part of me wants to go on, like, a Tuesday or something when it's, like, the you know, the, the $4, $5, $5 movie yeah. ticket. Well, let me know how it is, Andy. 
I'm definitely not going to. Yeah. All right. Should we hit the randoms? Yes. Okay. Random review <laughs> is uh, your week, Dave. Hey, my week. I finished a game recently. Ooh. So I would like to review officially, since I did an unofficial review of it, Horizon Forbidden West. Is this sort? Uh, is this like a Horizon um, Horizon it Zero is, Dawn? It is in fact the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Yay! I remembered a game. Yay! A game that you haven't gotten a chance to play because no. you don't play games anymore. Hey, uh, I'm I'm playing actually a game right now. What am I playing right now? I am playing Marvel S- Puzzle Quest. Doesn't count. No, no, no. There's another game I got. Um, I picked it up during the um, Amazon Amazon Prime free game thing with uh, Twitch. Okay, what game uh, did you pick up? Surviving Mars. Good it was for free, you. so okay. I said, "Why not?" Okay, so if yeah. I just buy you games, you'll say, "Why not?" Oh, it's a it's a uh, <laughs> it's a it's a city builder game built by Paradox. So. Okay. Looking forward to the random review of it. Yeah, I'm, I'll am i let you know. I'm still working my way through the uh, tutorials right now. Okay. Horizon Forbidden West is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West, produced by Guerrilla Games. Uh, it is, like, their only major product, and it is... So it's uh, a focus on Forbidden West. They're both the same style game, right? They're both open world exploration uh, robot dinosaur games. <laughs> you know, robot dinosaur games. Robot dinosaur. Like, that That was the selling point of Horizon Zero Dawn. And a lot of people were actually kind of upset because there was only, like, one actual dinosaur. There was a lot of robot animals, but there weren't a lot of robot dinosaurs. Um, and it was marketed as you get to go shoot robot dinosaurs with a bow and arrow. Instead, so, you shot, what, robot saber-toothed uh, tigers Zero or something? Dawn, there were robot gazelles. There were robot alligators. There was a robot giant lizard thing. Uh, there were robot birds. The Stormhawk was just like this gigantic bird. Uh, Glinthawks. And there were a couple other like mammals, like not, not boars, but things like that. In Forbidden West, they added more. Oh. So there were robot bats and robot woolly mammoths and robot dinosaurs. There's more dinosaurs. Lots of dinosaurs. So they kind of doubled down on the, okay, people actually wanted dinosaurs. Here are some dinosaurs. Like the Slaughter Spine, which is a Spinosaurus that is, holy crap, so intimidating. It has a lot of guns. And you have a bow and arrow. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's, so it's a good game. The story is incredible. I'm thoroughly pleased with, with where they've taken the story and what they did with it. Uh, the combat is very similar to Forbidden West, uh, to Zero Dawn. If you played through Zero Dawn and you enjoyed Zero Dawn, you are going to enjoy Forbidden West. The, uh, the graphics are just gorgeous. This is the first game since World of Warcraft where I have, like, explicitly taken screenshots to have screenshots of the game. Like, it's just, the game is gorgeous, Andy. It's so good. Let me see if I have a screenshot. I can no, I, I, I'm looking at some of the screenshots here, and yes, it okay. does. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just incredible. Like... I yeah, it. no, I it, it I could see this. Look, is that the Golden Gate Bridge? Is this out in California? Well, it it takes so Horizon Zero Dawn spoiler because Sorry. this actually is part of the the like exploration and learning about the game takes place in friggin' Colorado, like one of the first ruined buildings that you find is the Citadel Cathedral at the uh, the Air Force Academy. You know the building I'm talking yeah, about? Oh, yeah, like, no, I know that big, one. Yeah, so that's one of the first ruins that you find, and that's the, the hint to the player of, like, wait a minute, what? Wait, what's going on? And then, like, you, the story starts to unfold, and you find out that it's, like, actually the year 3,400-something. And you're like, oh, but why am I here in this, like, very primitive tribe, and why are there robot dinosaurs? Like, the first boss is a saber-toothed tiger, but it's actually a robot. It's like, And, like, it's not that it looks like a saber-toothed tiger. It is clearly a robot, 
modeled after a saber-toothed tiger. And so you're like, what the hell is going on? And so eventually you find out that, yes, it's the year 3000-something, you are in Colorado, game progresses. In Forbidden West, you already know that, because you learned it in the first game, so you head west, because you need to find certain things, and that's where things are. And so you go west, and you go over the Rocky Mountains in a, like, cinematic game introduction, and then you're on that side of the the continent. Now, the scale of the map is a little wonky, because, like, they shrank things. Mm -hmm. You can go from the Rockies to the Golden Gate Bridge in not very long time. Um, And, like, you know Helios 1? Do you remember Helios? Did you ever play Fallout New Vegas? No, I never did New Vegas. I've got it on Steam, but I don't have... I have never actually played it. Okay, do you know what the Helios power plant is? Out in California? Uh, Or, no, is that... That's the... Yeah, that's... Sorry, that's the one in Vada. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's the one that kills a bunch of birds. Yes. I think they call them streamers or something like that. Because uh, it's all the, the, the mirrors that are just reflecting the sun to, like, a single point. Yeah, it's the, it's the salt one, right? Yep, the molten salt plant. Yes. So it, it's a bunch of mirrors that just focus sunlight onto a vat of salt, and it melts the salt, and they use the heat from that to run turbines. I love that we have all these crazy ways of creating heat. Yeah, well, because that's the only place we can get power, is get heat to heat up steam to spin a turbine. It's like all these things, massively, you know, complicated and newfangled things, and all they do are are they're just steam turbines. Yep. <laughs> Nuclear power? Turbine. Yep. Coal? I think photo, photo cells, I think, are the only, are like the actual... Photovoltaics convert directly to power. Yeah, everything else is a turbine. Hydro, um, nuclear, wind. Turbine, turbine. Coal, natural gas. Of, of stored energy turbines. Yeah, yeah, it all boils down to a turbine. No yep. pun intended. Uh, technically... Hydroelectric doesn't depend on steam to spin a turbine. No, it's it's literally just water spinning a turbine. Right, it's like it just a water, water pressure and spins a turbine directly. Yeah, it's but, just like that um, the giant hydroelectric uh, reservoir up near Ludington. Yeah. Yep. Just turbines. Turbines all the way down. Yep. Sorry, um, I, did, I didn't mean to distract you. <laughs> that's all right. So, but like Helios 1 is this giant, like, power plant. Okay. It is roughly the same size as downtown San Francisco in the game. Well, that's not right. No, no, it is. It is not. Um, and like, yeah, just the, the scale gets kind of wonky, but whatever. Sure. I'm okay with that. Most games do something like that. It's not very clear how far north and south the scale of this goes. Like, I don't think you get up to Portland, but you definitely get up to, like, northern California. It goes from, like, the Rockies to Vegas to California. The Mojave is there, but the the, the Hoover Dam isn't, actually, now that I think about it. We never saw the Hoover Dam in Forbidden West. Huh. I'll have to go back and see if it's there. I don't remember it being there. So I think that might be part of the country they just kind of cut out. Because <laughs> there is Vegas. You do find the ruins of Las Vegas. In fact, you explore the ruins of Las Vegas, which is pretty fun. But yeah, no no Hoover Dam. Um, anyway, downsides of the game. Um, the only big one is the, the ending mission. Like, there's the sequence of events that are the ending are... They're okay. Like, they're just okay. Like, the whole ending mission was like, eh. It was a little underwhelming. The boss rush at the end was really poorly designed. Um, there's a heel turn twist at the end, and you're like, eh. Like, saw it coming, but at the same time also was just disappointing for the character. But those are really the only downsides to the game. Like, it was fun. They made a lot of improvements over Zero Dawn. I I never felt um, too underpowered, except for, like, one point in the game where the game was like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yes. And the game's like, are you positive you want to do this? I'm like, yes. The game's like, okay. And then halfway through, it's like, by the way, you can always load your save file. (laughs) I had died, like, 
15 times trying to get through this dungeon, and the, the game was taking pity on me and was going like, if you need to leave, here's how you can leave. And I was like, fuck you, game. I'm staying in here. I d- I'm just in my head just picturing you just looking at the PlayStation going, you know what? You don't control me. <laughs> I, well, I mean, so like there's, the game is very helpful in a lot of places where it's like, hey, don't forget this. Or like, hey, a reminder, here's the control for that. And I'm like, that's really cool. But this one time where I was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Like, it's just this one fight. There's these three things. I just got to figure out the pattern. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to Dark Souls my way through this. And the game was like, dude, like, you're underleveled. You probably shouldn't be here. Leave and come back. And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) You don't tell me what to do. Other than that, fantastic game. I really enjoyed playing it. I cannot wait for the third one because there's going to be one more. They they said that it was planned as a trilogy. Um, and it it is such a good story. Oh my god, the story is so good and how they reveal the story and how they they you can experience the story. I, the cutscenes were kind of crappy. There's a lot of dialogue. I mean like a lot of dialogue to get through and not all of it is really important. Um, at the same time though, like I, I don't want to compliment them on their world building with one hand and then say the dialogue was annoying on the other hand because if you want to do world building, you're going to need dialogue. And I just wish that the, the conversations had been a little more fluid, um, but they did, they did a great job. So, highly recommend it. Go get a PlayStation 5, play it. It's actually available on the PS4, but play it on the PS5. Yeah, it's one of those things that, yeah, if it, if it looks this good, yes. It, it looks so good, Andy. So incredibly good. I climbed up to, like, a mountaintop because there was a thing up there I needed, and I turned, and I'm like, oh, I can see halfway across the map from up here and like i can see big giant robot dinosaurs over there and like wow this is actually really impressive and i looked up how to do screenshots i know i don't i don't doubt it so that's that is my random review i believe that brings us to our random topic yes random topic rolled ahead of time which one of you is a bigger disappointment to your parents? That is a terrible question. <laughs> Aaron Hansowitz, wherever you are, that is a like there are there are questions that are appropriate, there are questions that are dirty and like we've had one or two of those, whatever. It's really fun to watch Andy get all stuttery and embarrassed about things like sex. Um but like this question? What? I was drinking at the time. <laughs> Were you drinking your flaming hot? Yes, uh, I was. It, oh, oh, that's clearing out the nasal passages. <laughs> oh. As I said, it's hilarious to see Andy get super flustered when the topic of sex comes up. Um, oh. But, like, which which of you is more of a disappointment to your parents? The fuck? Aaron! Aaron! That is not... No! Bad Hansowitz. Bad Hans. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I can answer that. Because, like, we we both have good parents. Why would we be disappointments to our parents? Yeah. I I don't know. That is a weird-ass question. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't... I don't think I was a disappointment to my parents. Yeah. I know Laura was a disappointment to her father by not being born a boy. Sometimes I hate people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I don't think either of us are a disappointment to our parents. Nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Yeah. So. Really, yeah, I don't really know where to go from there other than uh, <laughs> to say, uh, that's a wrap. There you go. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>